This episode of the Elevate Your Leadership podcast is brought to you in part by iFly Virginia Beach Indoor Skydiving. At iFly Virginia Beach, we bring people together through the dream of flight. Visit our website at iFlyVABeach.com to learn more about our group events to include leadership development, team building, and family fun. Welcome to the Elevate Your Leadership podcast series with U.S. Navy Special Operations veteran, CEO, and hockey fanatic, Bob Pizzini. Bob discusses leadership, success, failure, defining moments, and hard lessons learned with guests who are intentional in their approach to leadership. Leadership is a perishable skill. Use it or lose it. In this series, entrepreneurs, industry executives, academics, public figures, and other highly effective professionals share their formulas for success with you. Welcome, everybody, to this episode of the Elevate Your Leadership podcast with me, your host, Bob Pizzini. If you've listened to the podcast in the past, you know that I have I love to have discussions with people who not only help me and my organization, but these are people who I know will bring value to you and your organization. If you listened to my last episode with Dr. Allison Tendler, we talked about how hyperbaric oxygen therapy affects your vision. And I brought that up because I happen to be talking to an eye surgeon, and I also happen to be going through a 40-day hyperbaric oxygen protocol at the time. My guest today is Kara Mae Melton. She is the operator of Hampton Roads Hyperbaric, among the other things she's done in her life. And I'm going to go ahead and read her extensive bio because she has accomplished quite a lot and she's got a ways to go yet. Kara Mae Melton is a dynamic executive who has been applying expertise in business oversight, operations, and development over the last 18 years for early stage and startup organizations. She is an innovator and entrepreneur focused on solving consumer and business problems through the creation and delivery of inventive products and solutions. Melton has held C-level roles in for-profit and nonprofit organizations. Recently, her experience has been in starting and running multiple companies in the legal, health, and military verticals. She was the co-founder and CEO of Care Conscious LLC and held the role of Vice President of Products at ID Avatars, Inc. She is currently the co-founder and president of Heal the Warriors, Inc., CEO and president of Hampton Roads Hyperbaric Therapy, which is how I met her, and the CEO of Tidewater Hyperbaric LLC, as well as a principal at the Ripple Group. She's got a lot going on. Additionally, she's a founding board member for the National Hyperbaric Association. When we talk about hyperbaric, we mean hyperbaric pressure, hyperbaric oxygen, and we're going to discuss that in great detail. Melton served in the U.S. Navy for five and a half years and was trained as a naval instructor. She holds a Bachelor of Science in Business Management intended, and attended Les Cordon Bleu in Paris. That's the Blue Cheese Institute in Paris. <laughs> right? Wow. And held uh, real estate licenses in New York and Virginia. In addition to her current focus on effective and efficient product development, Melton remains a passionate advocate and change agent for caregivers, our troops suffering from traumatic brain injury, and those who desire access to natural effective health treatment options. Welcome, Kara May. Thank you. Happy to be here. <laughs> so uh, I just read a lot. You have done a lot. Holy cow. And, um, you know, there's only so much 
so much a person can do in their life. How is it that you, where did you start? Did you join the Navy at 18? Did you go to Lake Cordon Bleu at 18? Where did, how did, how did your adult life begin? Actually, yeah. let's go back to childhood. Where did you grow up? I grew up in New York. So I grew up in Catskills. And then early on, probably my first year of high school, I moved to um, Port Jeff, Long Island. Okay. And, and then so, what? Uh, went to college and- In New York? I, in New York. Yeah. I went to Dowling College and- I played softball collegially and had a scholarship to do that, which was a lot of fun. Um, my dad died and I dropped out of college and I wasn't really sure what was, you know, what was going on. I wound up going to record on blue after that and had the opportunity to do that, which was amazing. So I moved to France, uh, lived in Paris and I only attended the base course. So it was a three to four month course there, which was an incredible experience. I didn't speak the language, you know, I was, 21, I guess, ish. Yeah, I think 21, 22. And so, um, gosh, what an experience. Uh, I realized it wasn't for me as far as becoming a chef and doing that as a career. Ah, okay. So obviously you were, it was uh, cuisine or uh, mm -hmm. chef school, I guess. Yes, it was. It was. That's pretty cool. And then uh, you, you left there and you came back to back to New York? Yeah, I came back to New York and I was working as a real estate agent, actually. And believe it or not, uh, I was thinking about moving out of the area and I started back then when you looked for a job or something else, you looked to the newspaper, <laughs> which, you know, doesn't happen anymore, but I That's started looking at it back at, then. We sure did. And so I was going through the classifieds in the newspaper and I am almost ashamed to say I answered a blind ad for the Navy. Uh, it was talking about cooking school. And I thought maybe I'd go back. And so uh, when I called, I started talking to the person, to the recruiter, unbeknownst to me, and, you know, eventually realized that I called the Navy. And so I went down to the recruiting station the next day and took the pre-ASVAB. They were like, you can do anything, you know, you want, you should go into engineering. I'm like, I don't want to be an engineer. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we figured out, you know, what might have made sense with what I wanted. And uh, I said, well, if I'm going to do it, you got to get me out. Like, I'm not going to commit and then sit around for six months. And they said, all right. And that was uh, May 13th. And I went to boot camp June 6th. Okay. And I was 23. Okay. In Orlando, Florida? No, they had just changed. So I went to Great Lakes and we were one of the first um, co-ed pushes that went through uh, boot camp. So uh, females and males going through the same company. Okay. So did you come in the Navy with the intent to go to chef school? No, that's how I found it. But uh, I just went into the Navy because I hadn't yet gone back to school to finish my degree. And it sounded like a great opportunity. I was at that point in my life where I had the flexibility to do that. And I was like, why not? Let's do it. Okay, cool. So five and a half years in the Navy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you said it's time to get out and finish your studies or what, what happened, uh, you know, during and after your Navy career? Okay. So uh, I had a great experience in the Navy, just realized it's not what I wanted to do, you know, forever. And I didn't want to stay in to retire. So I finished my degree while I was in the Navy and then uh, started working with uh, a search engine optimization company and really cut my teeth there. And uh, did some sales for them, did some marketing, and then uh, learned a lot and then kind of parlayed that knowledge and started working for different companies and then wound up at Law Info, 
which was a startup really, uh, bootstrapped and uh, worked my way up the chain there and moved from the sales and management side into operations and eventually became the chief operating officer there. Okay, that's pretty exciting. That's uh, <laughs> good time. You know, that's a that's a significant <laughs> position, business and leadership uh, relative, if ever anything was. Absolutely. So you and I met originally, probably seven or eight years ago, when you, I think you were just starting mm -hmm. uh, Hampton Roads Hyperbaric at the time. So how did you get from law info and what were, you were doing then? to what you're doing now, which is basically um, overseeing a medical procedure, a hyperbaric mm -hmm. treatment facility that uh, helps patients uh, heal in a variety of ways. So I was in a variety of different positions after Law Info, started another company, Care Conscious, uh, as a way to help um, and educate family caregivers because there was a need there. I think we're a bit of ahead of our time there of uh, taking caregiver resources and putting them online, but that was the premise of that. And uh, after that, I uh, consulted in a couple of different companies. And at the time, my husband was in the military and he was, you know, in um, special operations mm -hmm. and him, just like everybody else, was suffering from a variety of different things, whether it was having you know, multiple surgeries or um, the stress and strain that was put on his body or post-concussion syndrome, which pretty much everybody had. Mm -hmm. And so I started looking at resources to help him. He had the best care possible. Uh, he had gone to NICO. He had great docs, great command. All of that was amazing. He was doing great at work, crushing it, but you know, he was still suffering from some of those symptoms. And so I did my research and I found hyperbaric. Okay. So just for everybody, uh, Kara may mentioned NICO, that's National Intrepid Center of Excellence. And it's a program uh, originally started for special operations personnel who uh, have been exposed to extreme situations of, of blast in combat. So TBI, traumatic brain injury, and PTSD are, are things that uh, most veterans struggle with, certainly in the past 20 years. And these centers of excellence, uh, NICO, the National Intrepid Center of Excellence, is one of the facilities that was designed to re have real meaningful treatments. And mm -hmm. I'm glad you mentioned that. And I, I was lucky enough to go to the veterans equivalent, which is the Marcus Institute for Brain Health mm -hmm. in Aurora, Colorado. But OK, please continue. Yeah. So that's anyway, that's how I found out about hyperbaric. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this is fantastic. There have to be chambers all over. Hampton Roads. Uh, I'm sure the military is going to cover it. We're going to do this. And then I quickly found out that that's not the case. There were only at that time, two clinics in the entire state of Virginia that would treat for what is considered off-label. So insurance covers 14 different health indications. You can uh, have a wound, a non-healing wound, or have acute carbon monoxide poisoning, things like that. Insurance will cover you to go to the hospital to get hyperbaric oxygen therapy. Well, TBI is not a covered indication, so we call it off-label. It's an off-label use of hyperbaric. And so there were only two clinics in the whole state that would treat for that, and one of them was here in uh, Norfolk, Virginia. But that wasn't your operation at the time. This was no, a different operation. it was the same operation uh, under different ownership. And I know now Sentara has a facility. Are there other facilities mm -hmm. other than... Hampton Roads Hyperbaric and Sentara Hospital, Sentara Medical Group? No, there's another hospital across the water in Hampton that has hyperbaric as well. And DePaul used to have it, but they don't have it anymore. 
Okay. So how is it that you acquired this operation? So once my husband got treatment and I got more involved with hyperbaric and I saw what it was doing, not just for him, but for all kinds of other people, not just TBI, but people with autoimmune issues, people with stroke, children with autism. It was just, it was really eye-opening for me. And I said, I really want to get involved. I want to help. And so I started volunteering there, left what I was doing to follow that passion. And then about six months later, bought the clinic with my partner, Sarah Stoltman, who was already working there at the time. Okay. So she's a partner in the clinic. Okay, yes. great. Yeah. And and as a, so speaking of Sarah real quick, as a uh, patient who finished treatment just last week, mm-hmm. uh, incredible staff you have there, uh, you know, Sarah in particular helping facilitate the onboarding process and a wonderful process for me overall. Mm-hmm. And I'll talk about the results of my treatment in a minute, but, sure. but let's go to, so you acquired and, and officially opened um, under your flag, so to speak, mm-hmm. when? January of 2015. And started treatments immediately? Yes. Yep. Just no, it was seamless. In order for me to participate, there was a foundation behind it uh, that mm-hmm. was incredible. And, um, and I'll talk about them in just a second. And you you also talked about the there's indications that insurance mm-hmm. will reimburse. Uh, who's your typical client? So we do see a lot of uh, brain injury, <clears throat> excuse me, either on the military side or civilian side. We see a lot of stroke. We see a lot of uh, autoimmune issues, a lot of digestive issues. Uh, metabolic dysfunction is becoming a real uh, issue and hyperbaric helps with that. Folks that have neuropathy, we use a combination of hyperbaric and near-infrared light therapy for them with great success. So unfortunately, what typically happens is people don't find us until they've exhausted all other options. And then it's like their neighbor's, you know, dog sitter's best friend's brother had hyperbaric. You should try it. And then they find us. And so uh, our hope and goal moving forward is that we can start to reach out to the community and that people can find us earlier in their illness or injury or disease so that they can prevent it from getting worse using hyperbaric. From my personal experience, um, I have the mildest form of TBI, but but it has been diagnosed. And, mm-hmm. and again, with the Marcus Institute, I became aware of it and I became you know, when you become aware of it, you can handle it much better just, just due to that awareness. Sure. But sleep is one of those things that's critical. And it seems to be a common factor in, in all veterans, especially combat veterans, that TBI creates sleep disturbances. And those sleep disturbances can be mild, moderate, or severe. But in any case, sleep disturbances, and I talk about this in Elevate Your Leadership all the time, just for any leader good restful sleep and rejuvenating sleep is required. And I noticed within four treatments that I was sleeping so much better. I was sleeping so good. It's that deep restful sleep that when you wake up in the morning, you go, I just don't want to get up. I am just enjoying this. Mm-hmm. So can you talk a little bit about that? And, and you know, what's the point of entry for treating veterans in particular? 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sure. The point of entry either will folks will come to us directly because again, somebody had a good experience in our town here. Uh, it's a very tight knit community. So once, especially when you're dealing with special operations forces. So once somebody has a good experience, they talk about it, you know, if they have a bad experience, they talk about it too. Luckily that's not the case sure. with us, but, uh, and so word of mouth is really, um, really helps as a catalyst to get people walking through our doors or other foundations will uh, get a call from somebody who is in need. And then if it's determined that hyperbaric would be helpful, then we'll get a call from the foundation to set up a consultation for hyperbaric. And so hyperbaric oxygen therapy, uh, the way we deliver it, which is medical grade, hundred percent oxygen uh, in an FDA approved chamber requires a prescription. And so you have to be seen by the doctor. You have to have a thorough consult to ensure that it's safe for you to uh, what we call dive. And, sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> sure. And as a former Navy diver, I'm very familiar with hyperbaric <laughs> operations. Generally speaking, I used to be a chamber supervisor. So for me, it was like, you know, the fish swimming back upstream. I just absolutely loved it. For our viewers who are uh, tuning into the video version of this podcast, I have on the screen right now a picture of Kara and her team uh, sitting in the doorway or the entryway to the chamber. That's right. So so you see roughly the size of the chamber. Uh, that Cubic footage-wise, do you know the size of the chamber? Oh, in my terms? gosh. No, I should. Yeah. Everybody else would know that answer okay. but me. <laughs> okay. Because a lot of people, they'll say, oh, you know, I'm claustrophobic and I really mm -hmm. couldn't do something like that. And And it's a sizable there's good volume in the chamber. So I know I was treated generally with two other people and there was plenty of room for all of us to be in there mm -hmm. and, and receive our treatment. Actually, one of people that I uh, was treated with was a firefighter out of Fairfax, Stephen, mm -hmm. super nice guy, a retired firefighter actually, uh, who was having issues with uh, vertebrae healing in his back. Right. And so I think that was why he was being treated. Mm -hmm. And then when I was talking to Dr. Tendler last week, um, she, uh, in addition to being an eye surgeon, she does medical procedures for health and beauty, anti-aging okay. in particular. And when I mentioned that I was being treated um, in a hyperbaric chamber, she said that she was familiar with it because she has, um, you know, researched hyperbaric chambers for anti-aging. Mm -hmm. And then we think back to the Michael Jackson thing, right? Do you have any prescriptions there? Mm -hmm. Sure. So if you, there's a, there's a good study that a doctor uh, out of Israel, Dr. Shia Frady did semi-recently over the last, I want to say two years or so, where uh, he was testing the telomeres. And so um, telomeres are an indication of aging and they get shorter as we age. And so he found that hyperbaric oxygen therapy helps to elongate the telomeres, which helps to um, you know, increase anti-aging properties and um, health and wellness. So typically a protocol for uh, health and wellness or anti-aging would start at a 20 treatment protocol. 
one of the things about hyperbaric that just kind of is what it is, is that it's not a quick fix. It really does require a time commitment. You know that um, you have to come consistently Monday through Friday in order for it to work. It's a cumulative therapy. It builds on itself. So in order for all of the processes and gene you know, regulation and modulation to uh, and gene expression to change and occur, you have to continue to go you know, Monday through Friday. But it's a powerful anti-inflammatory, um, powerful antibacteria uh, procedure. And so most of what we're dealing with nowadays is based on inflammation. So when we can um, decrease the inflammation in our body, we just have a better chance of uh, having increased health and wellness. Yeah. And I can speak to the inflammation for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about the anti-aging uh, aspect of it real quick. So I, I did my full 40 dive protocol mm-hmm. and not once did I come home and my wife, Julie said, my goodness, honey, you look 20 years younger. So I'm still waiting for that. Okay. okay. Uh, so hopefully that's going to happen to the uh, inflammatory aspect of it. It's just ironic that when I was approved and started my treatment and it didn't take very long, that process, you know, thank goodness for Jill, Jill Christ mm-hmm. and her foundation and uh, the wonderful work they do here and her, and her, you know, the reason she got into the foundation work is the same as you, her husband was struggling and um, had, had a brief exposure to hyperbaric mm-hmm. oxygen and his, his, his uh, conditions changed, you know, uh, they improved mm-hmm. significantly very quickly. But when I started my treatment, I had a knee that was swollen to two to three times what a normal knee looks like or mm-hmm. what my normal knee looks like. And four treatments later, I had 95% resolution. And I was seeing an MR, or I was seeing an orthodoc at the same time mm-hmm. and doing MRIs and all that, you know, and they're talking about surgery. And in this case, what's called a bipartite kneecap. My kneecap is basically broken. And, mm-hmm. and they're like, this is a really complicated surgery. And four treatments later, I mean, when I, would exit the chamber after mm-hmm. the first four treatments. I had to hobble out. And, uh, you know, the fifth treatment, I could actually stand up and walk out. So so that was pretty cool. That's fantastic. Yeah, in terms of anti-inflammation. Mm-hmm. Um, are there other, so anti-aging, anti-inflammatory, are there other, what are some of the uh, the things you mentioned, like wounds that won't heal, but mm-hmm. are there specific diagnoses in terms of insurance? Yeah. And you can find those on our website too, but a lot of um, the indications revolve around wound healing. And so a lot of times uh, diabetics, for instance, will have um, diabetic ulcers and there are these wounds and they just continue. They don't heal. They are under wound care um, for those wounds and hyperbaric is part of that therapy. A lot of times we'll see folks that have wounds that don't qualify for insurance, um, but uh, they find us and then it's just a few treatments, you know, really, um, it, it's not many if we catch it quickly, it's like, oh, it's not healing. That doesn't look exactly right. You get in the chamber, you do five sessions with something like that. And the wound starts to heal. Um, it's, it's pretty amazing. We see a lot of folks that uh, can't heal after surgery too. And so I always tell everybody, anybody in my family or anybody that I know, if you're going under the knife, uh, get in the hyperbaric chamber before and do a couple of sessions after. And it's really almost like an insurance policy that you're going to heal as well as you possibly can. That's remarkable. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. And and I wish that it was more available. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like the point of entry for availability is through the veteran community to some extent anyway. But let's talk about that a little bit sure. because I know there was legislation recently up in Richmond, Virginia. You know, we're coming to you from I Fly Virginia Beach in the state of Virginia. Virginia Beach, Virginia, but Kara May has been up in Richmond for the last three weeks or so, 
helping push through legislation that enables access or you go ahead and describe it. Sure. So our lawmakers here, particularly um, Senator Cosgrove and Senator DeStef, have been pushing, uh, it was called SB 1082 is the bill, the Senate bill, to allow um, hospitals, I'm sorry, to allow the VA to prescribe hyperbaric oxygen therapy for our veterans with TBI or PTSD and allow the VA to contract with hospitals or clinic like ours to do that. And so it was a really powerful piece of legislation because it will open the door and unblock the pathway for our folks to get treatment. Right now, it's very, very, it's just very confusing. The pathway is very confusing. We're in a, in a state right now with veterans with TBI. It, it's really a mess. I always bring it down to three issues. You have the fact that we are um, self-medicating. And so, and that can be anything, right? But you're self-medicating, you're self-managing your own care, which, you know, most of us aren't really qualified to do. And then you're self-paying. And so it really is just very, very backwards. And this legislation will really help to clear that pathway and alleviate those things where veterans can get, go through their primary care and then um, start the pathway to get access to, to hyperbaric. Yeah, that's critical. And and just to clarify um, or expand on that for mm-hmm. our listeners, Karame and I both have careers exposed to the special operations community, mm-hmm. specifically in the veteran community at large. So we see the self-medication, we see the self-care, mm-hmm. we see the struggle and we see the suffering. And it's not limited to military veterans, obviously. Um, it's very prevalent in the broader society, mm-hmm. but the veteran community is a very tight, organized community. So it's easy to see it when it happens because we know what normal looks like and then, or looked like, you know, and then, and then we know what struggle looks like. And, and, you know, I have uh, two very close friends who are both buried at Arlington who took their own lives, unfortunately. And, and I'm sure you have, you know, similar relationships. It's terrible. And uh, in the way, the way these struggles occur, some you can see from a distance and and in many cases nobody had any idea you know why didn't why didn't you help that person mm-hmm. i had no idea they needed help you know i just spoke to him yesterday and he seemed like like the normal person yes. that he always was so with this bill that passed um that enables care for veterans in the state of virginia is that correct, correct? yes and we'll be the ninth state once the governor signs it we'll be the ninth state to allow that Oh, okay. The ninth mm-hmm. state. Okay, good. So we are kind of moving towards a national process then. So, yes. th- so that's the ninth state where the VA can cover that. And do you know, for all our veterans who are listening out there, what do you know, what should our veterans do? Or what's the process for a wife of of, of a spouse mm-hmm. who knows that their, their veteran spouse is struggling? Mm-hmm. So we're not sure what the process is yet. I'm actually uh, having a meeting with uh, Senator DeSteff's office next week to to talk about that. And the bill hasn't been signed by the governor yet. So Governor Youngkin has to still approve that um, before it's it's passed. But the goal would be that they can easily go through uh, their primary care at the VA and then they will be referred the way I envision it. And I don't know that this is accurate. So this is just me talking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the way I envision it is that it would be treated similar to how chiropractic care, acupuncture and the like are treated, whereby um, the community care network 
will be able to refer out. And that would be the most seamless way that I would see to do it. But uh, I don't know for sure yet. And as far as the spouses, my gosh, we see many spouses and many times we get the calls from spouses because the husband won't call. And I say husband because honestly, most of the time it is a female spouse and a Mm -hmm. a male patient. Um, so we'll get the call. Like, I don't know what to do. My friend told me her husband went through this. My husband's experienced the same thing. What, what can we do? And we, we help to walk them through that process. We get calls from people all over the country now, not just our area. And so then we try to hook them up with other providers in different areas that provide the same quality of care that we do. We also have a brand new program that, uh, we're looking to pilot and fund here to help the spouses directly. And it's uh, neurotherapy for compassion fatigue, because what's happening is the spouses really are experiencing vicarious trauma or secondary trauma from all of the, uh, everything that their spouses are going through. And so we're, we're setting up a program to be able to help the spouses too, which is really important to the whole structure uh, for healing. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't mean to, to, to chuckle because it's serious, but I just think last night, my wife knocked me once for snoring and then knocked me a second time for snoring and then mm-hmm. threw a pillow over my head. Uh, so it's, you know, we're at a point to where it's not really problematic and it's, you know, in this case, it's kind of entertaining, but, mm-hmm. but the spouses are the one who, who notice, you know, going back to Jill's story mm-hmm. uh, and the way she explained it to me, you know, kind of the same thing. And I think that as, as somebody who also receives chiropractic and acupuncture, that's a great point of entry. That sounds like a great way to manage the program overall. Mm-hmm. We're waiting for the governor to sign the bill. Mm-hmm. If he signs the bill, do you have any visibility? Uh, are you talking to anybody at the VA or do you know what's what happens after he signs the bill? I don't, but I can keep you apprised for sure. I'll know a lot more uh, next week. I think it's Monday I'm going in. And so after that session, I should have a lot more information and I can keep everybody apprised as we move forward. Okay. That sounds awesome. <laughs> so what's next for Karamay Melton? You have, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you've done a lot in the past and it sounds like you've got a lot of runway ahead of you. Yeah, um, I is, hope so. <laughs> <laughs> is this, is this going to be, you know, your primary focus or are you going to be involved in other things? Yeah. Uh, so gosh, I'm sure I'll always be involved in multiple things to be honest. This is really, truly my passion. And our goal is we're rebranding Hampton Roads Hyperbaric. Our new name is Tier 1 Therapy Centers. Uh, We have a goal of opening a second clinic. So we're in Norfolk, Virginia right now. We have a goal of opening a clinic here in Virginia Beach by the end of the year. It's a pretty lofty goal, but I'm hoping that we can achieve that, even if it's a small clinic, um, just to really start getting our, making it easier for folks to access hyperbaric. Sometimes it's really hard for people to come from the beach to Norfolk. It sounds so silly, but because it's such a commitment, it, it's hard. So being able to I, have I'm, a I place- I drive for two and a half months. And if traffic's, uh, you know, traffic here is hit and miss, and it's usually miss. Yeah. So we're hoping to make it a lot easier and be able to help more people. We're really getting to the point now where uh, we have waiting lists and that's not ideal. We don't want anybody to have to wait. We work with them on the financial piece and we work with them so much on the schedule that when people really are able to commit to the time to do it, we want to make sure that we facilitate that. 
yeah. uh, in any way that we can do that. Yeah. Even in my process, and and there's a picture of yours truly uh, suited <laughs> up, <they> are. <laughs> ready, ready to make the dive. But even in my process, you know, I, I wanted to do it for basically the last two years, mm-hmm. especially after kind of like you said, you know, friends yep. of mine have gone through it and mm-hmm. they reported the results and I had to make sure I could commit, um, as you mentioned. And so it took me a while to get to the mm-hmm. point to where I said, this is going to be how I'm, this is how I'm going to start 2023. Uh, let's talk about that vision thing for just a second, but okay. because people warned me about that, mm-hmm. but can, what happens to somebody's vision when they go through 40 dives or 40 treatments? Well, because you're withstanding pressure every day, it can change ever so slightly the shape of your eye. And because of that, it could change your vision. So it could make it better or it can make it worse. But most times, I don't know the percentage, honestly, but it's like a very small percentage of the time do do people's vision or does people's vision um, stay the way that it was adjusted. So most of the time it goes back is what I'm doing a very bad job of saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's temporary. <laughs> it's temporary. So whatever the adjustment is, if it exactly. if it's better or worse, it's going to be temporary. Exactly. We tell people do not change your glasses, like don't go change your prescription because most of the time it's going to change back. Yeah. You know, the weirdest thing is, and I was told to expect, you know, something with my vision, Mm -hmm. but I had, since I was 47 years old, I've needed reading glasses and that requirement went away after about the 10th or 15th dive. Exactly. But then my, my far vision, my distant vision did deteriorate Mm -hmm. a little bit, not to the point to where I needed glasses to drive, but close. Right. Okay. So what didn't I ask you, what did we not discuss that, uh, that would be of interest to not only uh, our leaders along business uh, and leadership lines, but veterans in particular? I think the big thing is getting people the help that they need and meeting them where they are. I'll tell you one thing that I do here, and this would be something um, important to talk about. People will come through our doors or we'll talk to them or somebody will recommend that they come to talk to us. And we'll say, okay, look, you know, you are a candidate or if they are, if they're not, they're not. But if they are, then they are some guys are very averse to taking help. Uh, so they say somebody else needs it more. So I will let somebody else have funding or I will let somebody else, you know, take my spot. And I think that I hope that we can get away from that mm-hmm. because it's, um, it really does hinder their ability to heal. And you have to think, especially I keep going back to the special operations force, right? Soft guys. These guys are not at the end of their careers. They may be at the end of their military career, but they're going on to be leaders in lots of different places, which is, you know, what you talk about in your bailiwick. So if they're going to be leaders out there in the community, they need to be as sharp and as healthy as possible. And so the whole mindset of I'm not going to take help now because I'm going to give it to somebody else really doesn't just affect their own health, but it affects their ability to be as uh, on point as, as possible. So I would say I would love to see that, you know, that kind of, it's not a stigma, but that mindset, I'd like to see that change a little more because uh, there are a lot of folks that really could use it and they should understand that it's okay. You know, that is a critical element of, of our job in special operations that you just tapped into. 
whether you're going to go to free fall school or some advanced mm-hmm. demolition school or whatever the school is, it's like, no, send so-and-so. I don't want to take that person's spot. Mm-hmm. Especially if you have a higher rank than that person, you feel like it's your duty to mm-hmm. create opportunities for, for the people that you're responsible for. And unfortunately, I've seen that have kind of the re- reverse effect. Mm-hmm. Leaders need to go attend and they need to, in this case, receive this treatment. And I will tell you the genesis for me was three or four years ago. I was sitting here looking at the same spreadsheet for the third hour going, yeah, what am I doing? I can't, I, you know, I'm, I'm having trouble um, leading my own business and it wasn't drastic and and people didn't come up to me and say, Hey boss, you're, you're falling apart, but I felt it. Mm -hmm. And, and I just didn't have the energy and the efficient in the efficiency that I had just a couple of years earlier. Mm -hmm. Then when I learned about the Marcus Institute, Mm -hmm. uh, I, my thought was initially the same as there are people who are much more severely affected that Mm -hmm. this would benefit. And they do a screening program to determine who the program is really good for. And when I went out to screening, they said, um, they said, you're a candidate. They Mm -hmm. said, you're, you're not, somebody who's in need as much as the five people you're going to be in a cohort with, Mm -hmm. but you're still a candidate. And we really recommend this treatment. And they said exactly what you said. They said, if you want to be effective in your post-military career for the greatest amount of time, if you want to have the greatest effect over the greatest amount of time, Mm -hmm. then this treatment program is for you. So sorry to ramble on and run the discussion, but I just think this information is so critical for veterans. Again, I have had the tremendous benefit of receiving, being the recipient of these programs and yours being the most recent Mm -hmm. one. It seems like every time we finish one, then that mm-hmm. leads to two or three others mm-hmm. that, that are incredible. So Karame, what did we leave out? I think um, we do have to focus on the spouses. We can't forget that. I think that's a really critical piece. And so I'm always pushing that uh, health and wellness of the spouse just helps the whole, the whole family unit. So I think that's a big piece when you're talking about veterans and really just, just trying to help everybody be healthier, be the, the best version of themselves. And I think it's, kind of baloney when they say, well, too bad, get used to your new normal. Uh, I just reject that. So I think that um, everybody should should really pay attention to what they're going through and get as much help as they possibly can for whatever it is. Yeah, completely agree. Mm-hmm. It's quality of life at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And as a husband and as a father, I have responsibility to my family. Yes. And as uh, somebody who owns a business with 40 people, I have a responsibility to mm-hmm. my teammates. So, oh, gosh, yeah. so it's really incumbent on us to, to be the best that we can be uh, mm-hmm. for the longest term. Okay. I'm going to look at this camera right now, and I'm going to thank everybody for watching this episode of Elevate Your Leadership. And I want to remind you that the audio version of this podcast is on all the podcast platforms, so Spotify and Apple and C-Suite Network, which is which is my parent network, if you will. And we also have a YouTube channel, Elevate Your Leadership. So you can tune into the YouTube channel and find all kinds of other information, two-minute shorts and things, little nuggets of gold that people have shared with me throughout the discussions that I've had. So Karame, thank you so much for coming to the Karame flew earlier today, by the way. I wanted to have the video ready to go to share it, but but we'll we'll work that in somehow. But uh, thank you so much for visiting iFly Virginia Beach, having the flight experience, and we'll talk to you next time. Sounds great. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Elevate Your Leadership podcast. To contact Bob directly or to learn more about how Bob can advance you and your organization through leadership training, team building, executive coaching, and public speaking, visit robertpizzini.com. 
Robert, P-I-Z-Z-I-N-I dot com and connect with him on LinkedIn.